Welcome to Software Security Chat Chat, episode 211 for the 12th of August, 2015. I'm Chester Wisniewski here once again with Paul Ducklin. Hey, Paul. Hello, Chester. I can hear some reversing going on. Yeah, well, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm in my office in Vancouver, surrounded by uh, Sophos colleagues uh, working away. So there may be strangely more background noise than there there are when I'm traveling because I'm usually alone in a hotel room. So, but it really feels good to be surrounded by you know the 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 energy of the office. So I figured uh, if I'm only going to be in the office for a few days, I may as well spend it with my friends. Why not combine work and pleasure? Obviously, with Black Hat and DEF CON last week, there's uh, a whole you know range of stories related to vulnerabilities and bugs that are being disclosed at those conferences. Just to get it out of the way, uh, of course, there was a update Tuesday this week. So uh, get your Adobe and Microsoft fixes as per normal. We're not going to detail them as we haven't for a few months now. Just a reminder that that did occur and don't get too obsessed with car hacking and all the other big news. Uh, there, there are patches to apply. Yes, I've already seen commentary saying, oh, well, let's compare the number of patches that were exclusive to Windows 10 in the first month to the first update when the, the updates when Windows 8 came out and try and draw some kind of conclusion. It doesn't really work like that. There are bugs. They have been fixed, as you said so eloquently a few weeks ago. Get on with it. While we're talking about patches and bugs, uh, if you're a Firefox user, there is there was a zero day disclosed recently uh, in Firefox, and I, I happen to be a Firefox user. I'm quite a fan of the the Mozilla products. Uh, but if you're running anything earlier than 39.0.3 or the extended release 38.1.1, you're going to want to make sure you update because there's a, a bug that could disclose your passwords. There is indeed, Chester. Uh, it's our good friend. The same origin policy gone wrong once again. It turns out that the flaw is in Firefox's very handy built-in PDF viewer, which is known as PDF.js, because it's actually implemented inside the browser in JavaScript. This bug allows script code to access files locally. Even more unfortunately, Mozilla apparently became aware of the problem when it turned out that poisoned ads that were being run on a Russian news site were scooping up things like password files and configuration files uh, from both Windows and Linux users. The sorts of files that were being sucked up were the kind of things that you'd probably have around if you were a developer. So it looks as though the crooks had their eyes on getting broader access into networks where coding was done, maybe with the idea of stealing and selling intellectual property secrets. Yeah, one of the things I picked up from this uh, is that uh, it preyed on people who weren't using the master password feature in Firefox. So if you're using Firefox to store website passwords on your behalf, there's an option in the preferences that you can set a master password that will encrypt that file symmetrically with the password that you enter. And then whenever you launch Firefox, you have to type in that password in order to unlock your password vault. That would have likely protected your passwords in this case, because what they're doing is using this vulnerability to grab the file itself. And so if that password file were encrypted with a password itself, it wouldn't have done the crooks any good. Well, on Linux, they went a lot harder than that. Unfortunately, Chester, they went for things like Etsy password. It doesn't contain passwords anymore, but it does give you a full list of accounts on the system. Uh, and also went after your .ssh files, including your private keys. 
So if those weren't encrypted with a master password either, then because, for example, you were using them for automatic logins, that could have given the crooks access to pretty much any server that you access in, in, the, in the course of your development work. And while we're talking about vulnerabilities, uh, at the Unix Woot conference in Washington, D.C., IBM is presenting on another Android vulnerability this week. Of course, uh, last week we discussed Stage Fright, uh, which uh, was quite the talk of Black Hat and DEF CON conferences. But this one, uh, you're calling Octoruta. And it looks like it could be pretty nasty as well if you uh, load apps of, I guess, unknown origin. Yes, in a way, it should be a lot less severe than stage fright because it's not a remote code execution vulnerability. So I can't send you, say, an MMS message that just pones your phone instantaneously. It is elevation of privilege. An app that you have decided to trust because it has low privileges or even requests no extra privileges at all can basically go rogue and grab privileges up to and including system. So the sort of things the researchers are saying that they can do with an app that came in looking completely harmless, that it could take data from other apps, access the network to exfiltrate stolen data, replace existing apps with bogus imposter ones, and even install and load malicious kernel modules. It may not be quite be remote code execution, but it's the next best thing. You sail in on a very, very, very harmless, lightweight-looking ship, and then once you're inside, you turn into the fiercest battle cruiser that anyone ever saw. Well, yeah, I think when people talk about Trojans, they just assume that, uh, you know, I'm too smart for that. I'm not going to be foolish enough to fall for this scam or this thing. And, you know, we're, we see people every day inviting criminals into their pocketbooks over the telephone when they're pretending to be Microsoft support. We see people, uh, you know, inviting criminals into their lives through responding to phishing emails. I mean, they're pretty sophisticated ways of convincing you to load something. So it's really not outside the question that, you know, apps might take advantage of a flaw like this. Is, is there any news as to uh, whether this will be fixed or are there any mitigations? My understanding is the IBM researchers went for responsible disclosure. They're only presenting now that Google has produced a patch. Of course, quite when it will reach all the devices in the world, we don't know. But given that Google and Samsung have now committed to updates regularly and frequently, supposedly on a monthly basis, let's hope that this uh, the fix actually reaches people quickly. Uh, let's take this as an opportunity to go back to vendors and carriers who aren't Google and Samsung and say, hey, what are you guys doing about this? Use an Android antivirus. Of course, I would say that, but that can really help. Because this isn't remote code execution, it does mean that you have to get a malicious app, no matter how well disguised, onto a victim's Android first so that it can then promote itself and do its dirty work. Yeah, I suspect this one won't probably be very widespread, and, and it's good that it was responsibly disclosed by a company like IBM, but we can't count on that every time. And I think we're going to have some more follow-ups on this whole Android update ecosystem problem. I've, I've been having some conversations with other people in the mobile research community, and uh, if I can make the time, I have a, a rather long and detailed opinion I'll be disclosing on Naked Security, and I'm sure we'll talk about it on the chat chat in a future episode. Now, to, to wrap up the, the bugs and vulnerabilities section, uh, going to move on to the latest Apple vulnerability, the Thunderstrike 2. 
Uh, actually, there's been a lot of OS 10 stuff the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, I know controversially about, about rewriting the sudoers file and all kinds of other uh, vulns, but this particular one's really low level. And if you recall, Thunderstrike 1, as I'll refer to it now, uh, was around the beginning of this calendar year in January of 2015. Uh, that was fixed by Apple. Now we kind of have a new variation on it where like, it's becoming all too common. Something that appears to have been fixed by the operating system vendor actually was not quite fixed correctly, let's say. And there's still a bit of a hole there. Uh, how does Thunderstrike 2 work? Chester, I'm not sure of the exact details of how it goes about its business. Maybe that's just as well. But my understanding is it, it is the same, effectively the same sort of loophole that allowed Thunderstrike 1. Very loosely speaking, when your Mac starts up, it loads executable code from the boot ROM, which is actually a flash memory, soldered onto your motherboard. Then it runs the UEFI, the firm, extensible firmware interface code. Then it loads OS X or whatever operating system you've got installed. And what's supposed to happen is after the boot ROM's loaded, it write protects itself. So the only time at which you can do an update to the boot ROM is using code that's already in the boot ROM and it validates a digital signature of what it's about to install. Unfortunately, there is a little slip twixt cup and lip here. Between the boot ROM code running and the UEFI code running, if you have a Thunderbolt device plugged in that has what's called an option ROM on it, in other words, ROM of its own that contains firmware, that firmware will run as well, even if that firmware isn't actually necessary for the device to work as it wouldn't be if it's a device you can plug in after you've booted up, such as an Ethernet adapter. It turns out that when the option ROM code runs, which can be written, say, into an Ethernet adapter by anybody, the protection that's supposed to be in place between boot ROM and UEFI is not properly in place and can be bypassed. There's this little window of opportunity during which somebody who has put malicious code deliberately into a device that you leave plugged in when you start up, even by mistake, where they can automatically get to run that code and basically pwn your firmware. Rather bad. I think it's important to remember that Thunderstrike, in essence, is just like putting a card inside your computer, right? It may be hot pluggable, it may be an external thing that's handy for plugging in Ethernet or other devices, but the truth of the matter is you're directly connecting hardware in a, a privileged way and... It's a lot easier for these types of vulnerabilities to be exploited, I think, at that level, is it not? Surely all it would take is, you know, holding down, say, the option key, hint, hint, uh, to activate option ROM in firmware. That would prevent mistakes like this. It would mean that firmware that's rarely needed, why let it run by default? I don't understand. I hope Apple takes this seriously and finds a way to at least close this door, but uh, I suspect that something that's in this low a level in the system, it may not be uh, the end of the line. So I suspect uh, Thunderstrike 3 may be something we talk about in the future. Um, in this case, let's get an OS 10 update out there again and, and uh, take another crack at fixing it. Indeed, because this time they've gone one step further than before. They've actually figured out not only how to infect your boot ROM, but also to get the boot ROM to write a copy of the malware back into a Thunderbolt option ROM in a device that you subsequently plug in that was previously uninfected. So they've actually made it into a virus or a worm as well. 
which they have given a very cute name to. They're calling it a firm worm. Um, and let's hope that that's the last time we need to use that word because it sounds like something that will be very, very difficult to remove from your system uh, indeed, um, particularly if it's embedded itself into your boot ROM and then, if you like, closed the hole behind it so you can't go in and rewrite the boot ROM again to remove it. Well, lastly, we're going to uh, uh, have another one of our crime and punishment series stories here. Uh, I knew you wouldn't resist that. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta you gotta have you gotta highlight the wins as well as the losses. It's not all vulnerabilities and and uh, privacy uh, disclosures. And in this case, uh, a, a woman in Arizona was uh, sentenced to six years in prison for a tax rebate scam. Uh, she stole about four hundred thousand dollars from the IRS uh, by filing false income tax claims. And in this case, her co-conspirator, uh, a woman from uh, New York, was using Facebook to find people that looked like they maybe lost their jobs or were down, uh, down on economic times and was posing as a government stimulus program that was uh, designed to help people in that situation and, and get a bunch of personal information from them, while her co-conspirator in Arizona then would use the stolen personal information to file false uh, tax return claims at the IRS. And course there's restitution of four hundred eleven thousand three hundred nine dollars that she's supposed to pay back uh, although i suspect um after spending six years in prison she won't necessarily have 400 grand laying around but uh, it is nice to see some action on these types of cases and as we've said a number of times before on the podcast that doesn't just mean that this woman stole 400 grand out of the public purse it also left these several dozen people that she'd ripped off in the position that the record shows that they've actually submitted a, a, a bogus tax return. Not only are they out of the money because it's already been given to someone else, they're also fighting to clear their name from having put up, submitted documentation that they did not. So it's a bit of a double whammy for the victims. Per, yeah, precisely. And on that note, we'll conclude Software Security Chat Chat episode 211. As always, for all the latest security news, please visit nakedsecurity.sophos.com. All of our podcasts are available on RSS, via iTunes, on TuneIn app, or wherever you find fantastic podcasts like ours, or you can go to soundcloud.com slash Until next time, stay secure.